Hello, this is the podcast, Behind the Movement. I'm Kyle Fincham. My guest today is Andre Diaz. I am sorry that uh, I didn't put an episode up last week. We have been traveling quite a bit. It was not ideal Wi-Fi-wise for me to, to, to get one published along with um, some, some workshop commitments. Um, but I'm here now, and uh, I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Um, here are my announcements. The first one is huge, enormous, warm, and loving thank you to everybody who came out for the Infinite Play Workshop in Barcelona. It was a very special couple days. Um, I had such a wonderful time jamming with that group. Um, yeah. I feel like when we walked away, we were uh, we were like a tribe or something. Um, so, big thank you to everybody who was there. Big thank you to Tom Wexler for hosting the event. Um, thank you to Roser B and Charlie for helping uh, bring it all together and organize the event. It was such a pleasure. So, can't wait to go back hopefully sooner than later. Um, in the meantime, the travels continue. We have some more events lined up. Um, in just a couple days, I'll be, uh, I'll be facilitating a two-day infinite play workshop in Milan, hosted by NatKed Movement. Um, got to go by their space today. It's really, really beautiful. If you're, if you're near Milan, you should definitely go check it out. Um, if you want to sign up for the event, you can go to my website, kylefintram.com, and it'll take you directly to their website, or you can just go to their website, natked.com. Um, and then in a couple weeks, on October 23rd and 24th, uh, I'll be facilitating a two-day infinite play workshop in Paris and that's being hosted by Movement Practice Paris. Um, I think it's gonna be a really amazing event. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. If you wanna sign up for that, uh, again, you can go to my website, kylefintram.com, and there's all the information there for that. Um, I think a couple other events are coming together, but the last one we do before uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all these things, uh, will be in New York on, let me see, November 13th and 14th. Um, and if you sign up before October 23rd, you can get uh, a discounted early bird pricing. Um, also, all at my website. I think that's all I got. My quick announcements. As I said, there should be uh, um, maybe one or two more infinite play events that we end up pulling off. Um, but uh, for now, we'll leave it at that. As I said, my conversation today is with Andre Diaz. Um, Andre, um, I got to spend time with when we were in Lisbon because he is one of the co-founders of Movement Lisboa along with Tiago Martins, who I uh, had on the, the, the most recent podcast before this one. Um, I got to take Andre's class. 
it was wonderful. Uh, he attended Infinite Play, and it was such a pleasure having him. Um, let me give you a little bit of his background. He holds a degree in sports science and physical education. He spent a majority of his life practicing martial arts, having competed in both forms, uh, point sparring and full contact divisions internationally. Uh, he also skateboarded and injured himself doing so. Uh, so he decided to learn how to surf and initiated a parkour practice. And it's when parkour uh, where he, he, he opened his eyes to a broader and more holistic approach to physicality and dove into many different training perspectives and methodologies um, initially to prepare his body for the parkour practice but ended up falling in love with the process of being curious and learning uh, and applying and failing and cultivating creativity. Uh, today, he is a husband, a friend, a father of two, and the co-founder of the beautiful movement education platform called Movement Lisboa. Movement Lisboa's mission is to provide quality education about movement in an inclusive, accessible, and human way. With all that said, I'm not going to waste another moment here. Here it is. Please enjoy my conversation with Andre Diaz. Did you get like started in like movement and stuff by by teaching at the CrossFit? Is that was like was that like your gateway? Yes, a lot. Yes, so I have a lot of curious people that mm -hmm. like start doing my mobility classes at the CrossFit gym, and they like they are cur curious about what I do because this is also the place where I spend most of my time. So I end up practicing a lot there. Uh, so people watch me doing my weird stuff, you know, and they ask and they get curious. So they end up like trying classes and eventually staying to, to do uh, classes. But uh, yeah, it's not affiliated. But yeah, mm -hmm. since it's the place where I spend the majority of my time, mainly in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I have some people from the CrossFit box that want to mm -hmm. give it a try. And they usually like. <laughs> mm -hmm. did you did you do crossfit at any point yes yes i did um actually i was i started at crossfit in the middle of my graduate in physical education mm -hmm. and uh, like crossfit in portugal is very recent it has maybe 10 years something like that not much mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. so like seven years ago eight years ago it was pretty new you know and uh, you were pretty you were a rock star if you if you if you did crossfit you know because it was something very very different like mm -hmm. the rings the olympic lifts blah 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 and uh yeah i still find that today since 10 years it's not that much people that go into crossfit usually have uh a little bit of an open mind in relationship to exercise than mm -hmm. the majority in Portugal. Uh, so yeah, you know, like one thing takes to the other, like a regular health club, curiosity takes you into CrossFit, which is something a little bit different, new, 
curiosity takes you maybe into something different like uh, gymnastics thing training movement classes you know yeah this is yeah, a well, it, like a, it's a like a, it's a it's a it's a gateway drug because there's some similar language like i remember when i was like i was teaching out of a crossfit gym about seven eight years something like that now yeah seven eight years ago maybe yeah and then um yeah people were taking like my gymnastics class because they wanted you know there's like all these gymnastic skills yeah. in crossfit and it's like you know just like muscle ups and handstand push-ups you know like there's enough of that common language and they see you being able to do it and they're like oh well there that's you know gonna fill in like the my my, my crossfit gaps a little bit Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then but they it, end up doing spinal waves in class yeah <laughs> yeah and at first at first they're like they doubt it a little bit what is this weird stuff mm-hmm. but then it's like oh shit this actually works mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. even though they are a little bit ashamed of, of like waving with their spines in front of their very tough crossfit friends mm-hmm. they, they they do it a lot actually because it it helps them yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you were doing cro- you did CrossFit while you were studying like exercise science, and yes. and you hadn't you hadn't kind of you hadn't like crossed the bridge into like a, the movement space. You were still kind of like in the CrossFit and, and exercise space. And then was that how you kind of like started connecting things? Yeah. So when I started CrossFit, I already knew about Ido's work. Mm-hmm. You know. So I. Actually, I never did like only pure CrossFit for a, a next amount of time. I, I already was a, a lot like about the body weight stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the mobility stuff. Uh, at that time, um, all I knew about Ido was mainly about like the gymnastic strength part of a part of it, like the, the mobility work with the loaded stretching, etc., etc. And so even though I, I, I did CrossFit, I always was a little bit biased through to like gymnastic stuff and mobility because mm-hmm. I, from, from early on, I, I could see the flaws, some mm-hmm. flaws in my, in my view in, uh, in CrossFit, which bring some, brought uh, many, many good stuff, but uh, also had its flaws. So yes, I, I never think... did it like purely, you know? Yeah, I think it's, Honestly, the more I think about it, there's like some like amazing qualities of CrossFit, especially like when I think about how it was even before I got into it early on, but when it was like really counterculture um, and it was really like doing, I don't know, it brought attention to stuff that like wasn't happening in like regular places. Like you said, like, you know, real gymnastic skills, real like barbell skills, you know, I think what happened though to me is that there's this very important piece in like the description of CrossFit that they forgot about. And it's, there's this in, in like the 150 words or whatever that like talk about what CrossFit is, where they talk about place and play sports often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, that's like the, them giving their like free play element to it, you know, but then yeah. people like almost forget about that. And then CrossFit became, became the sport. Yes, you know, and I'm always talking about this with like CrossFit people in Portugal. I remember the first time I went into CrossFit's website, like 2009, maybe they had a list of like tutorials for the movements. 
they even had like some parkour modes in, in those tutorials, like rail balancing and vaulting and all that. So it was, I think the original intention was very, very good, was pretty varied, like exposing yourself to new stuff. But then, yeah, then the sport part appeared and they just mm -hmm. like it, I think for them, it was easier to just pick that part and just, okay, this is easier to, yeah. to, to spread around the world and to make some money, a big amount of money out of it. So, yeah. Yeah, because I really, uh, I, I, yeah. I really think they were like on to something. I mean, I, I, I mean, they were doing something and were on to something because like, you know, I, again, it's just like, it, but it happens in a lot of spaces. Like I, I, I forget if you and I got to talk about this when, when I was there about this, like, I don't know, I, I keep thinking about like maintenance technique and free play. And I think of those as kind of like the three compartments or the three pillars, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, in jujitsu, for instance, like it stays a lot in technique and free play. And then in like fitness, it can be a lot of just maintenance, which is like strength or mobility or something. Yes. And then um, movement to me oftentimes just does like, maintenance and technique and doesn't often get to like the free play place depending on what you're where you're kind of playing or exploring right and crossfit it's like they they did it they said it in the beginning like the play sports often was like getting to that final place past the technique right where you do the free play thing mm -hmm. but then it like took that out and suddenly like the, <laughs> i would even say that the not even the technique but the maintenance be became the competition or became Ooh, the games. Yes. yes, it's like it's a it's a series it's a series of like tests, but I, but the tests are preparing you for something. Mm -hmm. So you are using a mean to actually test, not not an end. So it's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but one thing, one good thing that it it brought in it brought into at least in Portugal like the on the gym culture if you want to call it this way is that crossfit brought actually some teaching aspect to a fitness class if you want to say if you can call it that way that didn't exist in any other kind of uh, so now you have a, now you have someone not teaching maybe but like coaching so there's a moment of the class where you have to listen where you like learn something new probably some new patterns even though it's like you said like it's pretty short in time mm -hmm. like because there's so we, we are not like walking on rails we are not playing with tennis balls you know so you learn all that strength movements and if when you are learning them it's nice because you are being exposed to new patterns you have to go through that process of like failing analyzing being coached and that's, yeah. for me, it's very rich for everyone, but it has an end. And for me, the end, it's too soon in, in like, if you want a CrossFit path of a regular person, I think pe people should be like exposed to new stuff. Like, mm -hmm. like as you, you, you know, you, you've been there like weekly, daily. Well, it's so interesting that like, in, I forget where I read this, but I think it's like pretty like common knowledge, but like a lot of the things that happen in regular gyms and I mean, CrossFit ends up kind of being this thing is like the, 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 the strength and conditioning programs or like the, the fitness programs or even the bodybuilding things that were happening at different times. Like they were all the, 
the supplemental work that athletes were doing, right? And then the supplemental work actually became the main thing that regular people were doing, but they didn't have the other activity that they were supplementing. Right, it's a it's it's a it's a funny thing. Mm, yeah, it's, it's it's true. Yeah, so they they just they just pick up, yeah, something that someone does for preparation, and they just it became the main thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so when at what point were you like, oh, like I'm fascinated by this, but I want to like, uh, I want to I want to teach some of this stuff? How, how did that come to be? And how was that kind of received when you first started doing it? Are, are you talking about the like movement or? Yeah. Yeah. When you started kind of bringing it in those spaces. Like, yeah. Like, like, like I said, like I, I very soon, I, I saw some flaws in, mm -hmm. in CrossFit, both in various, in various uh, perspectives and angles. First, it was this one that I just told you the, the learning flaw. So it's a very short period in time that you actually learn new stuff. This is the first one. And also like structurally, um, you're not moving in that like many different ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like if you do CrossFit, you're always moving mainly in one plane, uh, et cetera. So in terms of longevity, if you talk about longevity, I actually don't believe it's the best thing you can do for your structure in terms of longevity. So I started to look to look for something else. And I already knew like this movement perspective and I already practiced it a little bit. And uh, more and more it became like, you know, it was like CrossFit was here and then I was doing a little bit of the movement stuff. And with time, I just inverted the, the papers because even though I still like to do some conditioning work sometimes because I'm also connected to martial arts and fighting so actually that 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 is a part that uh, it's very important for me having a moment to like uh, put everything out there like mm -hmm. not only in a physical way also in an emo emotional way if you want but but actually that became a very small piece of the practice and I become inter interested in like processes and learning new stuff and being curious and not, not actually like practicing uh, movement but learning more about movement and so suddenly you are like being pulled into this rabbit hole mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I think you never get out <laughs> yeah yeah um what you mentioned like martial arts and stuff what, what, what kind of martial arts do you practice so I started at eight years old in Aikido mm -hmm. because I had uh, some friend in school that was practicing, but my father was already a practitioner. So I end up, then I end up moving from that place to a new place very far away. So I just started practicing with my father, mm -hmm. um, a martial art called Kempo, which is very popular in the US, mainly in LA. LA was actually like the not the cooking pot. Actually, the cooking pot where Kempo was created is was in Hawaii. But uh, yeah, in LA, LA was very famous in um, in Pasadena. They had like many, many, many schools. So yeah, I end up like doing my martial arts path mainly in Kempo, but then I was exposed to many other like jujitsu, kung fu, kickboxing, like. 
more combat sports, uh, also martial arts. Then my father started studying Chinese medicine. So I was exposed a little bit to the internal martial arts. And uh, yeah, it's still something that I, that I practice. It's something that I like. Uh, and now that I see with another pair of eyes also. Yes. And you say your dad was, was practicing all this and got into, into Chinese mar- um, medicine as well? Yes. Wow. Yes. That actually started very, very late, if you want to call it. So at 40, 45, he just decided he wanted to study. Mm-hmm. So he, he went to university and, uh, and yeah, he just started to study like Chinese medicine, learning some Chinese mm-hmm. basics. Uh, and um, even though I pushed them a little bit to, to do that, I was also at the same time very inspired by, mm-hmm. by that. Wow. So how, how has that like influenced you? Like the, um, I don't know, in terms of like um, your approach to all things, specifically like the, 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 like the Chinese medicine stuff. Yeah. So hmm, that's, that's interesting because, you know, growing, growing up, I was always very rational. If you want, I was always looking for the explanation for everything. Like in class, I was very, very, uh, I was always questioning my teachers, but why, but why, but why, but why is this like this? Mm-hmm. I was very bad at maths, for example, because they gave us all that formulas that are And I was like, but, but why, why does it need to be like this? Why? So, um, and also going into the university, you are presented to that like scientific set of things. There's this study that shows that blah, blah, blah. You need to know the studies before you apply this. Parara, parara. And then you have, but then you have this ancient knowledge. Um, and yeah, when I, when I was, when I started to pay attention to what my father was studying, was studying, it's like, it was very nice because like things, there are some things that simply work and you don't need like a scientific study to say that work. There's, we, we lived, everyone lived, everyone got, uh, maybe got a disease and was cured by this protocol, by this uh, exercise, by this kind of manipulation. And um, we never had like uh, a, science, a scientific study to everything to prove. So it's very, it was very nice to like to have a contrast because when I was studying in university, my father was studying Chinese medicine So it was very nice to have both worlds, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because at first I was very cetical and we had, we had many discussions about, because I was saying that like, this doesn't work. It's just uh, uh, nonsense. There's nothing to prove. Yeah. But then you have the other perspective and like, it it was a great lesson, like just to understand that, we are more uh, complex than than just the things you can measure with uh, with scientific tools and to print a scientific study. There's a lot of stuff going on. We are such a complex system, and there's just simply things that you can measure that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was very nice to to learn yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like this like really refreshing reminder, like how far we were able to make it you know, like how many hundreds of thousands of years, like we, we were able to like tinker our way into like understanding 
without yeah. having to have like the exact scientific knowledge. And it's not that it's wrong, but like we do have like, we can know a lot of things without knowing how we know them. Yes. And, and that's like, okay. And it's, and it's okay. Sure. And it's like, how did we survive then? If we didn't mm-hmm. have like all, this, all the like scientific knowledge, we are not that like fragile. We are here mm-hmm. for a reason. So maybe we figured things out way, way, way long ago. Mm-hmm. But now there's maybe a, a group of people that, uh, that says, no, no, we are just figuring out. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. about that many, many, many times. I think about, um, so last summer, I, when we, during the lockdown, we were at Alexa's folks house and I was doing this project out in the grass and I, and I got bit by a tick, right? Mm-hmm. Like right on my backside. And I got like the big bullseye, you know, tick bite, which is the sign that you've, you've been bit by a tick. Mm-hmm. And up there, you know, a lot of people get Lyme disease from the ticks. So immediately we go to like the, the emergency room and like on our way there, I call up my friend who works in Chinese medicine. And I'm just like, Hey, I just got bit by a tick yesterday. I've got the bullseye bite. What do you think I should do? Because, you know, I'm, I'm aware that I'm about to go get like antibiotics or something. And he's like, well, you say you just got it yesterday. And I said, yeah. And he was like, well, you should go to the doctor, get the Western medicine, take it because it's been caught really early. And then when it, when you're done taking the antibiotic, I will send you some herbs to help like address some of the things that's gone on in your gut from the antibiotic. Yes. And he, then he said, he was like, if you, if, if you just found out about it now and it was, you got bit four months ago, I would say, don't, don't go to the doctor, you know, and I'll help you with some stuff. All of that to say that, like, he was saying that, like, there can be this very nice relationship. It's not a this or that. Look at what happens when you're like, it's this and that. He's like, do that thing and do, and do this other thing. And they, can, and they can dance very nicely together. Yes. I mean, we should, we should not discard, like, what we learn through generations, through generations, but also now we have means to understand uh, like uh, new stuff to learn new stuff we have all these ways to to see inside your body that you didn't have ages ago so why not having the best of both worlds right mm-hmm. but uh, yeah but maybe but 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 usually people are a lot like black or white if you are into like western medicine you you, you it's very it's very normal to like discard everything but uh, and, and the other side is also true sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's, not a pro, it's not a one-sided problem, but like you said, it's, it's very, very useful to, to complement the, the, mm-hmm. two, the two ways of doing it. Well, also like nowadays in like the age of like logic and reason and everything, it's like, and you know, this probably is like teaching movement and, and studying what you studied in school and being in the CrossFit gym too. It's like, everybody wants like, not just a reason, but a scientific reason. Like, yeah. what is the, this, tell me the number, what exactly is this thing, you know, from the scientific or the reason perspective. And it's like, maybe that's not always the thing to kind of turn to, you know, maybe it's also okay to like, be like, oh, it, 
it, ha- it might have something else going on. Yes, and also like the more you understand, the more you know that you, you know shit actually, because usually, usually the people that, that want the scientific study actually mm. know, know very little about it because the more you know about it, you understand that a scientific study can, can say many things. You can just, you can pick up studies for everything. And in this area, like exercise or nutrition or medicine or whatever, if you know that, if, if you know about scientific studies, if you know how to read the paper, you know that there's many small stuffs that you can tweak and uh, interests and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, usually the more educated people don't even raise that question. They right. just uh, try to know more. They are curious. Yeah. It's like, it's like this, like maybe this understanding that like our ability to like knowledge something can like best be described to the, like the layer of complicated. Right. But like life and the world and the cosmos is complex. So it's like, we can, it's almost like we can only get so far. And that's why, that's why I love like storytelling or like, I, I love hearing people talk about storytelling because storytelling is like an art, right. Which to me is like, storytelling um that's that's the way to to communicate the things that are complex that like we can't quite get to with like the words yes very very true yes we just have to we just have to accept that like you said this is a very complex uh, reality that we are living on and uh, you can never say you can never say that you know that this will have that effect either in, in, in either area, like in exercise, nutrition, therapy, like it's such, such a complex body, so many interactions happening, some, so many things that you can't even see through the means you, you have today. So yes, we, we are just guessing. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that we are just still guessing and, and it's okay. You, mm-hmm. We don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. We can have some fun in the process. Man, I, I like, I love that perspective because I think that like, you know, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I got to come and like do my thing with you guys in Lisbon. And to me, it's like uncertainty is the thing that we need to be like celebrating and embracing as opposed to like trying to like, hide from it you know and i think that's why i really enjoyed taking your class as well as like it was kind of like i'm 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 gonna feed you that kind of like uncertain world because that's what it's gonna look like when you walk outside these doors it may not be rumbling as much as it does in here but you're like it's it's uncertain and we're just gonna try to make good guesses yes yes and it's like it's like the class that you took and a lot of the work that we do, it's like a parallel to, to, to life, if you want. It's like, sometimes you just need to throw yourself into, into that and, and, and adapt and react and uh, mm. also be open to embrace every new experience, being curious and absorbing and like, yeah, yeah. Mm. We, we believe in that a lot. I mean, I got that feeling because like, you know, I think sometimes there's like this like misconception that like 
what's going to get us through life is, is being strong and fast and mobile when like what gets us through life might be more about being like creative, adaptable and cooperative. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually, a few months ago or one year, I, I don't know. I, I, I read one post from, from Joseph Bartz that you certainly mm-hmm. know. He was mm-hmm. talking about like mental mobility, this kind of term. Uh, in, I, I don't actually remember what the post is all, all about, but I, I found the, the term very interesting because it's, it's like we are always looking to our physical structure. Just mm-hmm. like you said, like strength, mobility uh, will get me through my life. But actually what happens inside in your brain, maybe it's more important than that or is as important um, as your structure. So having the mental mobility to not reject any situation and maybe being open to whatever and uh, yes, being open enough to to be to self-observe actually and taking conclusions, taking risks, finding solutions, not not seeing every every block as a real block, but like as an opportunity, like not in a physical way, but in a mental way. Mm-hmm. Makes makes me think. Uh, I had this great theater teacher who's like my favorite person to think of and talk about, but he used to say like you know things like you should all cover up the mirrors in your, in your houses, in your apartments. He was like, don't just stop looking in the mirror. Like the mirror is like, it's this evil thing. He was just like, the mirror is terrible. And this is actually a good example of that, right? It's like, we can get so caught up on like the external and think that that's like what makes us like powerful because we look in the mirror we want to like address the things that we see in the mirror, right? And think that that's going to be like what, what makes us like uh, adaptable and everything. But as you said, it's like, you know, yes. it's the mental mobility. Yes, yes. You know, a moment, a very crucial moment, like in my life, where that, where that happened, like I was practicing very strictly before I was a father, before mm-hmm. I became a father for the first time. X amount of hours a day, very strict, paying attention to my meals, to my hours of sleep, blah, 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 blah. Suddenly, boom, you have a baby. What now? Like right. you don't you don't eat in the schedule that you want. You don't sleep the hours that you that science says that you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. You also don't work out. Uh, you don't do your strength training as science says you should. The mobility, blah 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 blah. What now? Are you going to die? <laughs> not. You just you just you just adapt. And actually, my practice improved a lot after mm. I became a father for the first time. You know, because mm-hmm. accepting that actually we are more robust and actually we can grow from, an, from obstacles, we can grow for, from this kind of uh, stuff that we see some, sometimes that, oh shit, now my, I, have to, I have to give up practice, I, will, I have to eat junk food, my sleep is terrible, so I will just abandon everything because I'm not sleeping eight hours per night. So my performance, blah, 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 will not be. But what, what about seeing this as an opportunity? Okay, let's see. Let's see how can, how can I manage everything. Okay, science mm-hmm. says that I need eight hours of, of, of sleep. Fuck, I just slept five hours and I had 
a super practice session while baby was sleeping in my backyard. And I feel very nice. What now? So, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's this, uh, sometimes this self-defeating narratives that we use every time we see a block or the first, the first time we see a block. But I, I really, I truly believe that there's something after that. If you, if you, if you allow, allow yourself to go after that, there's many lessons you can, you can learn. And uh, it, yes, it's the, it's the relinquishing of control. It's like, you know, it's like, we're not, I don't know. It's like so many great things, like say this in different ways, but the idea of like, we're not practicing to be in control. We're practicing to not be in control. Yes. Right. Yes. And I'm just like, like, for instance, you know, I have a very similar story, not, a, not on the scale that you have because you have a child that you're with daily. But um, so we're in Barcelona right now. And I just finished two days teaching this workshop here. And after the first night or the first day, we decided to like uh, go and do dinner with some friends and everything. And, you know, we're in, in Barcelona where dinner is like much later than I'm used to eating. So it's already being pushed way back. We go to do dinner. There's like a faux pas with the cab and the train. So it takes us until like 9 PM to get where we're going. Then we try to order some food and then there's a faux pas with the delivery of the food. And all of a sudden it's 11, 12, we're finally eating 1 AM. We're like, Oh God, we got to like go home. I've got to teach the workshop tomorrow. Right. We try to get a cab and figure out a way to get back home. Then it's all mixed up and that's not happening. So we just start walking and it's a 40 minute walk and we get home at like 1:45 in the morning and I'm supposed to be teaching the workshop at 10 a.m. And I, you know, I'm also like, well, even if we set the alarm for later, there's a good chance I'll wake up very early just because I'm used to waking up early. Right. I end up getting five hours of sleep, but in my mind, I'm just kind of like, well, this is the game today. Yes. yes. <laughs> we're like, I'm going to, yes. we're going to, we're going to do seven hours and I'm going to like get through it. We'll sleep whenever the sleep can happen. But like, it's not like, oh, well, this is ruined. I had a plan. It's like, well, the, the, the plan is to, to live. And this is what life brought me to today. It wasn't out of like complete recklessness. It's just kind of just being like, oh, well, there were some bumps in the road and I came around a turn and there was a big hill that I didn't see that I, you know, was in the distance. So like we're going over the hill. Sure. Yes. And it's mm -hmm. so, it's a, it's a perspective that, that frees you actually a lot from uh from like giving up and being mad and it, it's super it's it's a super free perspective to like to just whatever i just slept three hours because uh he was crying but it, it is what it is now i have to uh, five classes to teach in mm -hmm. a row let's go it will yeah. be a nice challenge let's go boom right. um yeah and this is what this is why every time i see you know on, on social media that kind of narrative that the hours of sleep the what you should eat at what times because court is on is almost a death sentence like if you if you don't if you don't do this like science says oh you will uh, live much you're a failure less, blah, you're, blah, you're blah. a failure you're, you're a failure yeah and yeah. i think that this is a very dangerous speech to, to someone who's not willing to try something different you know yeah this is why we have to be careful with the, the things we share, maybe. And also on the other side, every time we see something like that, 
maybe it's a good idea to be informed and like and don't accept everything as a sentence that's like oh it's it's like this so maybe maybe i'm not going through my day because i just slept three hours i'm not going to do my session i'm not going to eat like this because i crave something else blah 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 blah, blah. and uh, yeah it's just a, like a downward spiral if you let it happen mm -hmm. yes. well it's, it's um it has the potential i don't want to speak for everybody yeah. but i can speak from like where i've been when i was like kind of training the way you're talking about you know five six hours a day and like i don't regret it because there was it was also a very special time in terms of like instilling a kind of discipline but it has the potential of also instilling a kind of rigidity and when we're talking about like being adaptable and creative in life and cooperative and things like rigidity can work against those right and mm -hmm. And it's not about, again, like living a reckless lifestyle, but it's also like, well, what does a flexible lifestyle look like, you know, and, and kind of like respecting that thing. I think about, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've read it, but like, I remember like 10 years ago, this was a huge book and everybody read it. And it's, it's the reason everybody started wearing, wearing the Vivo barefoot shoes, but that, the, um, the book Born to Run. I never read it, but I heard yeah. about it. Yes. Super famous. Uh, it's, 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 it's a good book. I enjoyed it, but they talk about the, I forget the name of the tribe in Mexico, but they're like ultra runners. You know, they run like hundred mile races and marathons and like the tribe. it's part of like the tribal culture, if I remember right. Okay. But it's like, I don't know if it's like the night before or right after the race, but I almost want to say it's the night before they all just get like blasted. They drink a ton of beer and they like sleep out in the dirt. And then the next day at like 8 a.m., they're all up and like take off for like a hundred mile race. You know, it, it's not like we have to do it this exact perfect way or whatever. It's almost just like, well, the day, the culture, the experience, the people are with like all play a part in like how the stream of that mm -hmm. thing kind of flows. And it's okay to like ride that and not be constantly trying to like, I don't know, organize it yes mm -hmm. i think it's also very individual like mm -hmm. as you get to know yourself in this kind of uh, situations you can maybe manage these things a little bit better so it's it's not like um it's not like oh i just uh, slept or i had a huge dinner i slept very very bad so I get up and I just don't do nothing. I still have this discipline, maybe from martial arts. So I will still go through my session. Maybe it will not be the same session as I was planning, but I will still, because it's very human. Like we've been, like you said, we've been doing this since the age of times. Maybe feasting uh, during the night, having like drinking, eating around fires, blah, blah, blah. You sleep uh, very little, maybe in the morning you are hunting. Mm -hmm. What now? So movement is also very important. So I, if maybe I will not do the strict session that I was hoping to do. Uh, maybe I'm just like uh, adapting something. I, I will still go through my session. I will still move. It's like uh, uh, 
taking a shower or brushing my teeth. It's it's movement. It's it's necessary. I still do it, but uh, but yeah, I'm strict in the sense that I have to do it. I'm not strict in the sense that I have to do it this exact way. To, right, to and, and, it, and, and, you know? and, it, and it ends up creating like new constraints that you might have never discovered otherwise. You know, like when I. So after I saw you, I went to Brussels and I took that workshop, a workshop with Martin Kilvati mm -hmm. at the Tic Tac yes. Art Center. And so much of kind of like improvisational exploration is, is creating in anything really, we're just kind of creating constraints for a game to happen, right? It's not just like you walk into like a completely perfect space and, and just whatever happens. It's like, oh, like what's the constraints? Like, what is that? And he said something really nice where he's like, you know, sometimes I think that like whatever constraint I'm working with or whatever to create a certain quality or something or explore certain qualities is basically faking an injury of some sort, right? And that's the constraint. And, and the same goes for this. It's like, it's like, you know, you have a child, they wake up in the middle of the night and they're, they're, they're sick and they're throwing up and then all of a sudden you don't sleep very well, but the next day you're like, oh, okay, well, I still have like an hour or 45 minutes to work with. And you're like, well, 45 minutes is like your injury constraint, you know? And then all of a sudden it's also because like, well, the kid is like inside and like making a bunch of noise. So you have to stay really close to your child and like be able to wave so that they like know that you're there. And you're like, well, that's kind of the injury constraint. So like, well, what is the thing that I'm interested in kind of playing with look like around that constraint? You're like, well, what an amazing moment. It would have never happened otherwise. Yes, this is what, what I was about to say. Sometimes these sessions are the, the most, uh, like the best ones because you have to like to go around so many stuff and you have so many things to worry about, to, to manipulate that. Or, or some sessions are very introspective because you are not very energetic. So you maybe you go a little bit more inwards. Uh, and sometimes beautiful stuff comes out of these sessions like uh, ways of practice or drills even that you can maybe later try to apply with a friend or a close student and maybe something beautiful comes out of that of that session that first you thought that it will be like a, a week sessions or a week session or uh, you you are not getting the most of of, uh, of the session but actually sometimes um, beautiful stuff come out of, of those moments. Yes. I couldn't agree more. So then now I'm curious, like what, cause I got, again, I got to take your class. So I know like at least what one of your classes on one day at a certain time, not too long ago looked like. Yeah. What, what did, uh, like some of these revelations and these changes that came with like having a child and how it like just caused you to be like, Oh, like this is what adaptability looks like. How did that change your classes? Like what it, you know, maybe like what did a class look like pre-revelation to like today, you know? Because I know how mine have changed. So I'm curious what yours look like. Yes. So one, one of the things that um, I do and that it was a lesson, it's like when you are at home and we just went to through lock, uh, we went through two lockdowns with, with, with a baby in your house. So actually every session, every time you, you are going down into your garage to do a session, it will be an experience. You already know that, okay, this will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Even if you go at like 5 a.m., probably at 5.30, he will be downstairs wanting to practice something. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. every session will be different. And like 
taking this example to the classes in the in the studio um we really like to sometimes don't don't get people used to a fixed uh like class structure you know so the class you did actually was very dynamic like very different uh, uh very different textures if we, we were doing some strength work pulling the belt and then suddenly we were like jumping around the jenga sticks and so many different stuff but it's not always like that so mm -hmm. maybe from week to week even though we were working under the same theme we we choose this this major subjects that we want to approach every six weeks four weeks we decide but inside that main theme every class is is a different experience so mm -hmm. actually it's different because tiago teaches some classes andretti teaches others we are different people so it that it they will be very different classes and this is something that we want to happen it's intentional it's good okay mm -hmm. and if inside tiago's classes inside and every class is also sometimes different so people don't don't go there expecting like, oh yeah, I, I, I already know that the class will have this warm-up, blah, 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 blah. And since it was uh, coordination month when when you when you went to the class, we wanted to emphasize that even more. So every time you people went into the class, they would have to like figure out something new. Sometimes it's the class structure. Sometimes it's like a sequence of movement that we just start doing and they have to, to, to watch. We don't explain nothing. They, they have to watch. They have to, to learn it through doing it. Da, da, da. Uh, sometimes it's a fixed pattern. But we, we, we did an agreement uh, that that month would, would be even more uh, diverse. And I learned a lot like on the lockdown times because my sessions will be always different because sometimes I will do the sessions alone but sometimes you would like knock at the door and okay, now I have to practice my handstands, but now I have to play with him, with the tennis ball, with whatever you wanted. Sometimes he brought the boxing gloves, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, all, actually watching a kid grow, like first year of life, second year of life, it's a big, big lesson in terms of like motor development, of course, but this is the most obvious stuff. But the less obvious stuff, like the creativity, what they do out of nothing, what they do with a, a wall and floor, what they do with a simple ball, with what they do. And even though we are very used to do a lot from nothing, from a tennis ball, from a stick, but he would cut something very strange, like a, I don't know, a, a pen, a rubber, a piece of paper that he would like uh, cut. Uh, and he will, he will do stuff with it, like, throw it to the air and trying to touch it or uh, running around it you know, and just giving two, three steps back and watching that was very, was a, um, a very rich lesson, you mm. know, not, not, mm. I, I also was very vaccinated. Now, uh, now he's crawling, now he's walking, now he can jump, now he can go up the stairs, now he can go down the stairs, blah, blah, blah. But these other stuff, seeing how they function with the environment you know what i mean and mm -hmm. since it was always 
very physical our relationship because i was always practicing and he was always with me um he started doing things by himself and, and i was just i was just stepping back and watching and paying attention and learning because mm. sometimes you think that you are teaching them uh everything but actually if you if you take a step back if you shut up and if you listen and you see that you learn a lot, a lot, a lot from them. Not only in a physical way, but also in relationships, the way you talk, the way you react to things, like everything is relative, nothing is important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nothing is super important. Everything is relative. Like we get pissed at each other because uh, he punched me in my nose. And now I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, and he starts to cry. Oh, I hurt daddy. But whatever it's it 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 went already you know it's a new day mm -hmm. it's very it was very it's a very very nice experience it's it's, it's interesting you're like talking about this thing that i was thinking about today and, and chatting with someone about it. it's like you know this idea of like teaching versus giving the opportunity to learn you know and you know when you're with a kid it's like you think you have something that you want to teach them but they're going to learn whatever they need to learn right then through like you, like you, you can't kind of grab on and hold them in place to teach them something like they're going to, and whatever you think you're teaching them is like probably not what they're learning. Yes. Right. And it's almost like somewhere along the way we forget that. And then when it comes to like people presenting things and teaching things in class, it's almost like we jump to, you know, maybe how we were taught things in school or something, which is also a little closer more to like memorization right and, and forgetting like you know how we how we you know the the things that we learned on our own and our and our high potential to learn on our own and what it looks like when we're like well what if what if i give you the opportunity to learn you know but it you know that's different because then it's like i have to have humility and be like i might not know what to teach you right and yeah. getting to take your class i mean again i i I felt there was a similarity in, in, in you and I, at least now through whatever, wherever we've gotten to, where like, I saw that in you. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, I know exactly what I need to teach you right now. You were just kind of like, I'm going to give you opportunities to learn some things and hear some things. And that's a really, and that, and that, and that's, that's difficult on many levels, you know what I mean? But uh, maybe on the biggest one is, is on that kind of like humility level of being like, I don't need to stand up here and, and, show you all that I know. Yes. I'm just going to let you find some things that like might work for you right now. And it can be different for everybody. And that's also okay. Yes. And sometimes you get a little bit like you are in the role of being a teacher at that moment. And sometimes you force things, you know, sometimes you, you feel that everyone is looking at you as some like enlightened entity and that you have to prove that you know, blah, 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 blah. But this is the thing that you told and it was a major shift after this moment in my life. It's like, okay, sometimes if people ask, maybe you can like give some light in some specific, uh, I don't know, like in the drills we were doing, people ask something about uh, footwork a specific way of doing this blah 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 and maybe you can answer but having enough space for people to figure things out and to mm -hmm. learn from 
uh, themselves. And sometimes it's sometimes the process is way better when done that way than the opposite, than you trying to pass that image that you know and that you have, you will pass the knowledge, etc. And and understanding that many of the stuff that it's so it's essential to you today that you learn through your growth, actually mm -hmm. you you figure it out. You didn't mm -hmm. learn a lot of the stuff you didn't learn uh, from something. You just mm -hmm. figure it out through life. Some people have the, the luck of having the conditions to figure things out. Some people don't. But yeah, as a teacher, I think that that's a, a very uh, special realization and, and like and useful. And uh, yes, and putting yourself because this is the thing when you put yourself in the role of a student often you understand how important this is so i was very happy to be in your class because every time we are in the student role it's very it's very nice because you understand how how you can be as a teacher because as i'm as i'm watching Kyle sharing i'm like this is super interesting and of course because I know that I am a teacher, I'm learning some, something through the, part, through the process in the way you orient the class, etc. So this is also why we think, me and Tiago, like we take each other's classes and uh, we talk about it. And, uh, and yeah, it's, very, it's a very interesting process. I, I, I love to, to, like, to talk and discuss and, uh, about teaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's something that I know it's like... Uh... I don't know. I wish, I wish it were talked about more and not just in the, in the way of like, I don't know. Like I, when I interviewed uh, this guy, um, uh, David Wilson, I don't know if you know who he is. He's in Canada and he, I think he really kind of focused, started focusing on movement, like more like in his like forties, not that he wasn't like doing things, but like ah, movement. Yes, I know he is. Yes. He's so great, man. And he, and he taught in like the Canadian school system for like 30 years and taught creative writing. And I don't want to like butcher what he said, but he was just kind of saying that like he wished for people in the movement space to really be thinking about the teaching aspect more. And that it's not just like knowing a lot of things that makes you a great teacher, but like a lot of these other things that go into like understanding what it the relationship between a teacher and student, what learning actually looks like and stuff. It's not just like, it's not just having skills. And yeah, it's refreshing to hear your perspective and also refreshing to hear that it's like, it's ongoing, it's dynamic. It's like the conversations are still happening, like the reflection still happening, right? Probably also being like, oh, like in five years, it's going to look completely different then too. I wish, I wish that that happens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we, 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 we talk about it all, all the times, like I said, we, mm -hmm. we take each other's classes and we put a lot of it, like there are some moments where we, we change our focus because the third practice is very broad and like teaching for me is also a, a, a very uh, important part of practice. It's, it's a craft, like um, you just, you taught a class, me, it always happens. I finish the class, I think about it. Like, mm. it did well, it did, I didn't like that part. It, it, you know? And um, 
if at least every teacher did this 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 like exercise and had someone to discuss it mm -hmm. um i think uh yes uh, there were maybe we we were having a lot uh, better teachers a lot more better teachers than we have to because you it's like it's not just because you are a teacher that you cannot put yourself in this position of like self-checking yourself or having someone checking on you. I think mm -hmm. that's very that's very useful. But uh, I don't know. Maybe sometimes some people have this idea that oh, the teacher it's the authority and you should never challenge the authority. I love inputs from students. I loved this part of class. I struggled mm -hmm. through this part of class. Why? What? Well, why did you struggle? Ah, because of this. Ah, maybe I wasn't very clear in my instruction. Okay, because you understood something else. And it, you should not be like uh, mad at that. You should like take that, improve it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's a process. And when people also know that, I think they value a lot more than if you put yourself in a like in a pedestal, you know, above mm -hmm. everyone. And mm -hmm. it's dynamic. And if in five years. I am a different practitioner, teacher, whatever. That's a good sign. It means that yeah. things are still moving. I um I love that. And and it, again, it reminds me of uh, something David said when he was like, you know, when you're in the position and there's this, there's a teacher and a student, and they enter a room together. In reality, both people are teacher and student, right? Because like they might come in as the student to you who knows a lot about movement, but you're actually the student to them because they know way more about who they are than you do. So they're actually the teacher about them. And that's an interesting thing to like think because it's also like, oh man, I really need, I need to listen to them so that I can like learn about who I'm with, you know? And, and, and that's an important part of this like two-way conversation. For sure. Because every Every individual that is taking your class is an individual. So you have mm -hmm. to always figure out some things, how to communicate, how to interact, what mm -hmm. works, what doesn't. So yes, every class is different. Every, every time someone enters uh, uh, through the door, someone new, you have to have that mental mobility that we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and being honest about that process also it's very for me it's very useful so people know that you you are also a student at the same time because okay and you discuss with people if there is something that didn't went so well mm -hmm. it's, it's okay you don't have to 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 run away from it just ask improve okay i will yeah. try to do it better next time yes i think it was really special and i know it may be just for your where where you're at now and also just like because you're you're obviously just like very playful in how you like approach things now um and maybe forever but definitely now from my experience but like i there was a moment because i you know i did my my jam with you guys and your group out there and it was so beautiful um but at one point i asked you to to demonstrate something and it is a game you've definitely never done before and we started like moving it now. And as we were doing it, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, this is actually really special, this like moment here, because it was, you know, pretty much all your students were there and you're demoing this game with me that you've never done before. And there were moments that were like 
what people would call perfect, right? But then there were like the, the imperfect moments, but all in all, the imperfect and the perfect make it this, the moment that it's supposed to be. But I was watching it happen. And I was like, this is so amazing for, for this group who takes class with you to get to like witness this unfold, right? Like they get to see like, like this real humanness and like, and, and you being in, like you said, in that student role and also being in the student role where you're like willing to like have all the best things and all the worst things happen simultaneously in front of them yeah. instead of being like, I'm only going to let you see me when it's like what I think is like seemingly perfect for a moment. You know, it's like, I'm going to show you both sides, like the side of my face that is like totally unblemished. And I'm going to show you a little bit of this side where I've got a few scars and then you're going to see how beautiful I am. And this is, and, and, and it, it, I don't know when I watched you do it, it, it was like, this is, this is valuable for these people. And it's also permissive for them to be like, oh, that's, that's how I can be too. I can be, I can be all the things and I can get into the discomfort and I can do something new because look at this person who like shows me a lot of things that they know, but look at them, their willingness to just dive in head first into something that's like brand new. So I don't know, it was a very, it's those moments and seeing you and Tiago willing to be that way and be vulnerable in front of your group. It's, it seems so small in the moment, but I was like, ah, oh. like it's special. And even if those people can't reflect on it in that moment, it like lands. And, um, and I just, I, I don't know, I had a ton, I had a ton of respect for it because not everybody's willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It's actually something that we, we try to do a lot with our students. It's like being as, as close as we can, as human mm -hmm. as we can, in the sense that they have to understand that we like, and sometimes they say, oh, like you are a superhuman, blah, 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 because we like handstands, you know, that, that this kind of speech, but it's like a lot of times in class, we, we make the, the opportunity to go and dive with them in whatever thing we are doing. Not, mm -hmm. not on, a, on a demo, because on a demo, you can always uh, look good if you want, but like on the drill, going to the floor with them, doing the stuff. And this is something that we really uh, cultivate in our, um, in our school, in our group, in our community, is this uh, honesty, you know, it's like, they know that they know that we would go like to 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 demonstrate because we don't have any problem to to look bad or to fail or to because they are they are they are always listening to us actually saying that so it, it makes sense that we also practice what we preach we we are a safe space this is where you can fail this is where you can dance that is this is where you can scream cry laugh this whatever so it didn't make sense for us to be any different than that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, at that, at that time, I, I didn't uh, thought about it. But now that you enlightened that aspect, I can definitely uh, see how someone that is in the role of a student can take something very uh, good from moments like this, for sure. Yeah, I wanna, and then it just speaks to kind of like, I don't know, like the the bigger message that you're like, you know, wishing to share and to like have happening in, in, in your, in the group that you have in the space that you have is that it's like, I don't know, it's not about like, uh, 
it's not about like competence. It's not about always being competent. It's like, you know, we can, we can get into things that are, are new and unfamiliar and we can, and we can fail in front of each other and that's awesome. And we can have success in front of each other and that's awesome. And, and, and it also doesn't need to be in the spaces that we both know about, you know, we can go to spaces we both don't know about and all I'm willing to jump in first. I don't need to like let you do it yeah. so that I can see what to do, you know, like it's yeah, like, it, yeah. it's a special thing, you know? And I mean, I've been in spaces where it's like, people only want to like play their game their way so that they can always get like the, the golf clap, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I know. And, and we also cultivate that with students. So sometimes like, uh, uh, Tiago takes some people to a dance class, a contemporary mm -hmm. dance class. And, but he, like, he's the first one to, to lead as an example, to like, to go and maybe to fail and whatever. Mm -hmm. And people like, see, sometimes like, for, for example, we have students that are um, climbers. So very high level climbers. So they want to take everyone to, to climb. And maybe I'm the first one, me and Tiago, we are the first ones. Maybe we fail. Maybe we even are afraid of heights. Maybe we are shitting our pants, uh, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but yeah, but it's, it's, part of the, it's part of the process. Now we are students. Now they are leading the session, what we are doing. So we just shut up, we listen, we learn, we, ex we experience that, that moment as, as a student. And, we, and as a student, we fail. We, we cry, we laugh, maybe we scream because we, we are scared. And then and it's okay. And yeah, we are very, we are very fortunate like to, to have such group of, uh, of people and to have the opportunity to, to go through all these moments with them. Yes. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's what like leading from the front looks like to me, you know, like that's what it means to like, you know, but also to me, it's a little bit more of like, you know, I got, I, I, I thought a lot about this this past year from other conversations, but like the idea of being a bit of like a facilitator rather than a teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, maybe certain times, you know, especially when it's like skills and techniques are involved, it's like, I'm, I'm teaching right now, but like also being like, Oh, if I facilitate, that means I'm giving an opportunity to learn, but it also means that like, I'm open to, to your ideas. Oh, like you guys found something. All right. Well, let's, let's go there and see what that looks like. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. we have both, we have both moments, of course, like sometimes we, we want to teach something specific and maybe we are, we are more in a strict role. Like, mm -hmm. okay, this is, this is how you, you should aim to, to do this. This is how it works. Um, yeah. But sometimes, and maybe after we play this role, okay now like you you learn something you have some techniques okay now i'm like facilitating the uh i'm i'm giving you the, the opportunity to, to use that to express that in the way you want in the way you wish for as as you so we try to balance both 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 processes yes so what um i mean i guess you alluded a little bit to some of like the things that you're doing but like where where you know, with, with your time being kind of limited between like life, kids, teaching in various places and things like, you know, where are your interests? Like, you know, like when you, when you have, when, when, when it is your time, like what, what are you spending time working on when you, when you train? When I train? Yeah. 
So yeah, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, like we talked about, I'm a firm believer on like, of like practicing what you preach. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of time, like still practicing some mobility stuff, some strength stuff, stuff. But at the same time, like I try to also pick up some concepts and just try to be creative and develop the develop stuff mm -hmm. or from uh, something that I learned from a certain teacher and I just invest some time practicing it and sometimes something new pops out and uh, um, and yeah so it's 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 very different like every day or and every week I'm I'm at this moment because I just had three months ago the second child mm -hmm. I'm 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 again on that stage of like, you know, re reacting to, to stuff instead of like having that fixed schedule. Oh, I do this, 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 and that, even though it's easier on the second time, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I still, I'm still reacting a lot. So my days are not, the classes that I teach, of course, every day uh, are, or every week are the same, but in terms of my personal practice, uh, yeah, sometimes it's, Sometimes it's not, it's not physical. Sometimes, sometimes I read or sometimes I just uh, listen to, some, to someone that I want to listen to and I just take notes and try mm -hmm. to, to learn something. It doesn't need to be always uh, physical, you know, even though I, every day I have those moments. Yeah, sometimes I just uh, practice in, in, in other ways. Right, well, and, and, and as you've you know, pointed out earlier on, it's like it can also be as as simple and not simple as just like as being with your kids and playing with your kids like that can that can be the thing yes yes and maybe that's richer that uh, any session that i can do alone mm -hmm. because i will always be very very inspired like to from not not always from something physical but sometimes from a perspective something mm -hmm. that he said or something mm -hmm. that i saw him doing you know uh, but sometimes just a word a reaction to something is a is a, an engine to to a thought process in my part like it's so interesting the way he he reacted to to this stuff um mm -hmm. and sometimes from that something bigger sparkles and yeah and I, I can like pick up something to to apply to classes or to my, to my own practice um, yes so what then like what are some things that like uh that you haven't gotten your hands on yet that like you look at and you're like oh that looks interesting like when i you know you know if i have the time i want i want to i want to see more of like what that's about if there's anything like that for sure more dance stuff a contemporary dance improvisation you mm -hmm. know because this is all, this this is something that i always was very curious about mm -hmm. but for some reason like my path of life never took me never took me there um but more and more i'm i i'm interested uh, in that um yes and because because it's something so different than what I'm used to do, I could say that I'm I'm intrigued and maybe I want to um, practice more jujitsu or whatever. But that's more, in a way, 
it's familiar to me, you know, but uh, going to a contemporary dance class would be something completely out of my comfort zone in a way, you know? So mm -hmm. this is something that maybe if I have more time in the future, when I have more time, I will try to go into more and learn more um, from that uh, from that world. Yes, because when you when you educate yourself in like sports science and strength and conditioning, uh, inside martial arts, everything that is a little bit more organic and less um, scientific in a way, it's more difficult to grasp, you know, because strength and conditioning is, is a world where I am very comfortable, you know, because it's very methodical in a way. It's, it has a, like a, a constant, a very, a very constant framework. You can, you can, I can see it. You can, and more and more now, also with the help of Tiago, of course, I'm becoming a little bit more sensitive. I'm able to express myself in ways that are surprising to me oh, most of the times now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm also becoming maybe a little bit more creative because of that, uh, of, of what I'm being exposed to, through mainly through Tiago, of course. Um, yes, and so like he's like helping me to spark a little bit that side of me that it's that I'm a little bit more far from, you know, and mm -hmm. of course I'm, I'm becoming super interested because with so little exposure, I can see so many differences. Not not mm -hmm. in the way I practice. It it doesn't it doesn't need to be always like that, but also in the way you view something, in the way you react to something, like, uh, and uh, also art, which is something like I was. My grandmother, from my mother's side, always took me to like theater and um, mainly theater because she she still is a very uh, she's a fan of it and she she go watch uh, everything. But some other kinds of like uh, artistic expression, like drawing, like uh, paintings, um, I was not very sensitive to you know. But now. It's 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 different because I'm 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 learning more about it. I'm being exposed to some different perspectives, and uh, yes, I'm enjoying this this shift. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yes. and, and it's like you know, it's it, you know, so much of it is to me like thinking like, well, like you know, what does it like mean to like be a generalist? Because I think that sometimes people are talking about the same thing, but it's also just very different once in a while. And I always, I always keep coming back to the idea of like being able to like dance with life, right? And, in, and to me, like dancing means like being like collaborative, right? So like, if I wanna, if I wanna dance, that means I'm, my body, I want it to be able to collaborate with itself. I wanna be able to collaborate with other people and be able to collaborate with like changing environments and changing spaces. To be collaborative means to be like very communicative right? I want my body to communicate with itself really well. I want to be able to communicate with others really well and communicate with different spaces really well. So then to me, I'm like, well, maybe being a generalist means like developing lots of tools for communication with all these different things. And, you know, the realm of strength and conditioning is interesting because like it, it, it feeds certain realms and the numbers and things like that and the measurable qualities 
help feed certain kinds of communication, but it's like, it's only as if we thought like we can only communicate with our words, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, but we have so much, so many tools for it. And we have like these complex nervous systems that are highly like, um, like they can communicate with so many things in so many ways. And, and, you know, art is this amazing way to kind of like continue to like feed that, you know, and, and maybe that's like what adaptability looks like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it's like when you, when you educate yourself in, in, in this world, like strength and conditioning, and you are very used to a specific way of, of communicating. And now I'm taking a class uh, with Tiago and now he says something like, uh, pretend, uh, pretend you don't know what a, an arm is and try to talk with your arm. Try to explain who you are by using only your arm or pretend you are in the rain, uh, dancing in the rain, naked, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly you see yourself, you see yourself allowing all these different ways of communicating, emerging as human as speech or maybe more human even as the use of, of speech. And... Um, Yes, it's it's something very interesting. I don't I don't I don't have the like the words to explain what I feel, but I, I feel some differences since since I'm being exposed to that kind of work. And I'm very curious. I'm just very curious to how it would be if I invest more time in that in that kind of a layer of of movement expression, if you want to call it that way. Um, how that will impact like my life, my relationship to others, like the way I talk, the way I react to uh, some situations. Because in my, in my case, I, I, I see myself more sensitive to everything uh, around me, you know? And it's, uh, it's a very good uh, contrast because like you, use your, you are used to use your structure uh, with another person, trying to punch someone in the face, not getting punched, grabbing, <clears throat> having, I don't know, a specific energy. And now some, suddenly you have com something completely different that you still can use, but I don't know, it's just a different energy. And, I, I, and I'm very curious about it, yes. Yeah, but, and, and it's funny because it's like, it's, you know, I guess it, oftentimes externally it can be looked at and be seen so differently, but really it's, it's not that different. It's, yeah. it, it's just, it's just a different form of communication. It's like, we're just, it's just a different language. Yes. And, and like one can benefit the other one can uh, coexist with the other because mm -hmm. now when I'm in that kind of like, fighting situation with someone actually i see myself behaving in a different way mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's like you have you have only that side like the, the the fighting side you are so into that like physical confrontation and you are like uh i don't know like very stiff and like trying to fight something but now as you are in that kind of situation you you also, I, I, I find myself like letting go. And actually 
actually detaching myself from that situation and maybe be a little bit more mobile in a way, um, sensitive in a way, because now I, I have another way of sensing other body. Mm-hmm. I have another way to sensing my own body because I'm practicing this side uh, of, of moving my body. So yes, I, I, I wonder how it, it can be to have these two so different qualities in, in first sight, like you said, but maybe they are very, very similar and they can coexist in a very beautiful way. I mean, I always think about like Muhammad Ali saying like, talking about how he's dancing. Yes. They say mm-hmm. never give a sword to a man who can't dance, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> I agree. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's so much about like feeding like all the potential for like our, our, our rich ability for sensory experience, you know? And like, we can't talk about like, I can't show, we can't, I can't show you the thing that it does. But when the moments happen, the, the, the bits of information are there to like navigate the scenario and like, just like want more bits, you know, like I'm, I read this book recently and I, and I would recommend it. I read um, this book called Aware by Dan Siegel. Um, aware? Aware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 it's him kind of describing his, his, meditation approach that he calls the wheel of awareness. So I started integrating it into like the way that I do my, my like meditation. And the first thing you do is you, you stand there and shift your awareness from once one of your five senses to the other, but stay with it, each one. And you're just shifting your awareness from like, your visual sense, but you know, you hold it for a while and just really let it be there. And if your mind wanders, it's like, there's no punishment. You just kind of draw it back to the visual sense. Then when you're ready, you move to like your sense of smell and your taste and what you're hearing and your touch. You're feeling like the clothes on your body or the wind and everything. And like holding your awareness down, it's like, you know, the, the more you hold it there, one, the more in my like knowledge brain, the more I'm like, wow, like, look at all these little things that I'm like picking up on right now, just by keeping my awareness, like on my, like on, on my sense of hearing, like all these like sounds that are like out there that are just like happening. And I'm just like taking them in. And then I observe like every once in a while, there's just like moments where it's like, I catch something that I like, I don't know that I would have caught before just because I've like, placed awareness there so it's almost like I, I have just like a little bit of like a richer sense of like the possibility so like I don't know I catch a smell or catch a taste in a way that like I might not have just because like I've I've fed some attention there and can and, and every once in a while I feel like I can direct it there a little stronger or something happens and just there's like it's been it's been asked to participate a little bit more and I think that we would have gotten a lot more of this like when we lived in ways where our hands were a little bit more in the dirt on a regular basis um, so maybe it's just more noticeable now, but yeah, I mean, we just have like this high potential for like information and like, you know, the more exposure we get through like these things and, and that some of the things you're describing, it's like the more that like, I don't know, we have the potential to make more predictions 
more good guesses. Yes. And sometimes it's very interesting what you were describing because sometimes you have this self-limiting narrative because like in my mind, if I would do something like what you just described, like paying attention to the senses, I would instantly go into this kind of um, approach. So, okay, now I'm focusing on my smell. Uh, so now I'm feeding the connection of my brain to my smell. So I'm activating maybe the neurons that are responsible. Blah, blah, blah. So my, like, my scientific, scientifical mind that tries to understand something would maybe try to grasp the sensation. But now, uh, maybe with this exposure, it will be different. It will be something like, oh, such an interesting sound, such an interesting, mm, it tastes so good. How beautiful is the view? Mm -hmm. How, like, noticing stuff that it's always there, but sometimes you, you I don't know, myself at least, I, I end up myself limiting my my exposure and the way I can enjoy simple stuff by over complicating you know mm -hmm. but uh, this is also something very valuable that like practicing movement and also being a father brought me that it's like yes you can just close your eyes and like enjoy the taste of coffee just because it tastes good it's very good. You don't need any fancy like explanation. You can just see a beautiful flower. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's like you never take the time to look at the flower and see how, how beautiful it is. Instead of like, oh, yeah, it's something from nature that grows from uh, the ground, blah, 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 blah. And like having this children mind uh, always a little bit active, like curious and being open to embrace the beauty of everything. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, powerful and healthy and good thing to have. Uh, mm -hmm. Like living everything very in a very intense way, such a tasty meal. Uh, oh, the sunset, it's so beautiful today. The sunrise, maybe it's raining, but it's so beautiful. The sound of the rain and the wind. And living every and each one of these things in a very intense way, but at the same time, like accepting that everything is relative and temporary and it's gone. So mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's better to, to, to live things in this more sensory way and like being a little bit more sensitive than uh, just trying to over observe things because suddenly they are gone. Yeah, like you miss out on like the thing you miss out on like what you were observing by observing it too much almost. Yes. Yeah. You it's funny you say <laughs> the the eyes closed thing cuz like, you know, again it's like it's almost like we forget how much information we're taking in at one time, right? And then right now we're like visually dominant so like our eyes what we're seeing often can over dominate a lot of like all the other things that we could potentially be like feeling because we can only handle a few things to focus on it at a time right so we were after i like i said we saw you we went to brussels and you know we we had a free day so we went over to bruges and you know obviously when you're bel in belgium you need to like go eat some chocolate right 
it's sure. in Bruges. Yeah. And we find this like local, very like small little chocolate maker chef. And the guy who makes the chocolate is, is selling the chocolate. He's right there. It's like a little hole in the wall place. And we go in there and he like hands me one of his homemade truffles. And I walk outside with it and I put it in my mouth and I start tasting how good it is. And I immediately close my eyes. Cause I'm like, if I close my eyes, I'm going to be able to taste this even more. And I shut my eyes. So I wasn't taking in any of the information that was happening around me with my eyes. And I was just thinking, I was just focusing on the chocolate and it was like, it was like euphoric. It was unbelievable. But again, it's just like, I think sometimes we, we, you know, we'll be eating or, or, or sipping on something and we're thinking, our minds are thinking about other things. We have like the chatter and we're looking at other things. We're seeing the other things we're watching TV and hearing and all that. Da, da, da. And it's like, stop and smell the roses, as you said, kind of just like, yes. oh, like you really can. It's just like, we just need to be able to like direct it a little bit and also like not be always so like caught up on like the other stuff. Yes, like, like one example, my kid, like every time he sees flowers, he wants to pick them up and take, so this is for mama, this is for papa, this is for na, na, na. Mm -hmm. how beautiful, look, uh, another example, that just puts some music and let's dance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like just when you listen to music and you enjoy it, just dance, like, why not, you know, and this, this very sensory way of, of, of living, it's, it's very inspiring to me. So yes, I'm also learning mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, uh, and trying to, to apply it because yes, it's very, it's very interesting. It's the, it's a, it's the movie soul. Have you watched it? No, not yet. Ah, oh, I was just talking about it with, with someone yeah. last night who also loved it. Like, I don't know my number one movie recommendation for the year. I will watch and it tonight. <laughs> you should, and then send me a message. And it's a yes. Pixar movie, so you can watch it with your kids. Yes, sure. Yeah, and if, you, and if you tear up at the end, make sure you send me a photo of you crying. Oh, there's only one movie that makes me cry. What's that? Lion King. Oh, really? Yes, every time. It doesn't wow. matter how many times I watch it. I always cry. Really? At, oh. the, at, the, at the same, always the same point of the movie. Yes. Wow. What point? Yeah. Uh, where uh, Muzaffa dies and like Simba is like lifting his paw and like uh, calling for him and he's dead because he just got run over by antelopes or something like that and like he's he still believes that his father is alive but but he's not and uh, for some reason <laughs> since always wow. I'm very touched by that by that part yes it's my wow. favorite movie of all times wow yes <laughs> It is a great film. It really is a great film. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, that's a. And I watched uh -huh. the, like the new version of it. I don't know if you saw it. No. Like it's not. Uh, it's it's like it looks very real. Like the mm -hmm. image. It's like real animals, and and it's not the same. Like it doesn't yeah. have that that magic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You went into it hoping for like a good cry, and you're like, oh, it doesn't. It's yeah, not no, it. no. It <laughs> Well, let me know if you want, if you watch Soul Tonight, uh, yeah, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will for sure. Um, if people want to 
connect with you? What's the best way? When are you teaching? Are you going to, I saw maybe you, I, maybe I saw something about you teaching like a, a, like a workshop in Portugal somewhere. Like what are, what are some of the things you have going on? Oh yeah. So now we, so we, we, uh, we have our weekly classes in Lisbon. We are going to Porto in the middle of November. Uh, and uh, yes, until the end of the year, we are hosting a workshop in the last weekend of October mm-hmm. with Neil. I don't know if you already had Neil in your podcast. You had, I did. You had mm-hmm. Of course, of course you had. So he's mm-hmm. coming. We are very happy because we are also very uh, concerned uh, to make Lisbon a, a place where people ca- can learn from other people. So we, we want to bring uh, more education to Lisbon. Um, and yeah, until the end of the year, it's basically that we are going to Porto. And uh, yes, we have our weekly classes. We can check, you can check them on Movement Lisboa mm. on Instagram. And uh, yeah, and my own, Adias from Andre Diaz, mm. dot movement, but with just the MVMNT. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, man. I just can't thank you enough for doing this. For first, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I also can't thank uh, you and Tiago enough for, I don't know, making us feel more than welcome in our time in, in Lisbon and for all the various reasons. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think what you guys are doing is really special. I'm excited to see what it looks like. And I also can't wait to come back because I don't know, it's, um, I don't know, it, it's unique and it's beautiful and you guys are curious and and welcoming and, and, and warm and all the things that like, um, I don't know, to me, like embody compassion. And I think it's like something I wish for more of. Yes. It, it was an honor for us to have you with us. And it was very, we were very happy to see you also, uh, chatting and connecting to our students. It was very, it was uh, very nice to, to see everyone like interacting and yes, we are super, super, super happy for that.